Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in on a little bit of everything with me, and I am your host, Angelica. This is a podcast that talks about a little bit of everything, so sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. And today we've got Anna back to the show and we're going to talk about what to do when you quit or lose your job. Welcome Hannah to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, thanks guys. It's It's been a hot minute, but I'm excited to be back. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I hope everyone's caught up to Hannah's um, segments because they've been so powerful, full of information. And this month, we're talking about what to do when you quit or lose your job. Yeah, so it's a super timely thing. Some people may say, well, this is coming months too late because of the pandemic. But this is still something super relevant that a lot of people are dealing with. And so I wanted to talk about really great ways to make sure that you're set up with everything you need when you leave and how to really get that start and start to your job search and start in your new role. That's going to really put you in the best place possible. The job market is, it's, it is what it is right now, Mm -hmm. right? There's no, there's really no words for what it currently is besides like, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, there are some industries that are hiring as many people as they can, right? Mm-hmm. There are some industries that are realizing that when people work from home, they don't need as many people. Yeah. There are people in jobs that they said you could never work from home that have been working home for months. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea where the job market is going, but what I'm really excited is I think there's a move toward remote work for people that need to work remotely, whether it be for family reasons, mental health reasons, um, physical reasons, doesn't matter. Having that as an option and showing that it is something that can be done and can be productive and people that work from home still get stuff done is I think a really amazing opportunity for how we work right? How the world works as a culture and in business. And so I'm really excited to see the future of jobs and how many more people are going to be working from home and really how that's going to give such a benefit to Mm -hmm. the entire workforce. Yeah, for sure. And here in Canada, uh, if you guys are listening, well, from Toronto, there's been a lot of mass hiring, especially at their Amazon warehouse, a Wayfair. Wayfair Online has been hiring like crazy. Of mm-hmm. course, our grocery stores as well, because it's just a high demand. And a lot of these companies who are not in that industry have, like you said, they're working from home. They've mm-hmm. I've heard people where they're working from home all the way through December and maybe seeing their numbers in January and it could be a continuous thing and get mm-hmm. crews on rotation. So if your department can come in this week, they'll have your one-on-ones and your meetings and then next week will be the other department. So a lot of change is happening and who would have thought because like you mentioned, remote uh, working from home, it's like 
before it was so hard. You couldn't even, you couldn't even like find a job that you wanted to work from home. And all of a sudden it took a pandemic to kind of make changes in most of these companies. And now this is, this is the thing. And that's, that's the good thing, bad thing, right? If we like had to search for a silver lining in a pandemic, which I would never, ever want to do, but if we had to, that's what my silver lining is, is that there's such a shakeup because imagine the like reverberations through the generations. If we're able to put more people in jobs that can work from home, imagine how much more time people are going to get to spend with their yes. families outside, with their pets, with their loved ones, with sick relatives, with their friends, with themselves, right? Just the the time and the energy and I think this is a really great moment for businesses to really care about mental health and work-life balance and so I'm really excited to see what the future holds. I agree with you on that and I remember when I worked from home I think it was last month or two months ago. Cause I had just had really bad allergies. It was the beginning of the season. I was like, I'm not going to work because everyone's going to think that <laughs> I've got this thing that's happening. Yeah. So I realized I was more productive at home and I've gone, like I literally got ahead a week of my work yeah. and I felt like, well, obviously, cause there's no craziness happening at, cause I work at a construction site. So mm-hmm. there's not the craziness happening. There's like, Oh, I have a delivery. I have to do a pickup or, you know, someone here needs to help me get something because I have a delivery to drop off or where can I find this? And I'm like, all of that interruptions, you really, that one task that could take you half an hour ends up being like two days. So I was surprised myself working three days at home. I literally got ahead a week and a half of work done. And when I went back, I'm just like, what do I do? (laughs) And if you're listening and you're one of those people thinking they just don't get it, my job has become a hundred times harder to support the people working at home. We see you and we totally get it, right? HR teams, IT teams, management teams, all of that has become so much harder with a dispersed workforce. And that's definitely conversations that need to be had. But thank you so much for all of your work. And we got this, guys. We can we can get through it. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We can get through it. Okay. So now that we've a minute. But before we hop into actually what we're talking about today, two quick things, guys. One, I'm, I live in America. So I live in the grand old USA. So if I say something about government or another program, you might have to do your own research. I mean, you're going to have to do your own research on what that looks like in your country. And if those programs, protections, et cetera, are available for you. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is I'm not your lawyer. So any of this advice is general advice. Um, this is you and me sitting over coffee, me giving advice. I don't know your particular situation, but this is just a good framework for when you want to quit your job or when you've lost a job. Exactly. Definitely. Please make sure you do the research. Um, if there's something more serious, seek out a lawyer. Hannah's just here to kind of give you just an insight of what you could be possibly thinking or what you could possibly doing, but you guys got to do the research in your locations, right? So I'm excited to hear what you have 
on your plate? <laughs> so the first thing I want to talk about is quitting a job. This is one of the highest Googled job-related questions is how do I quit my job? And it's, it's interesting, right? Because we don't really talk about it. We don't really like have a class or we don't like, you know, we talk about resumes, we talk about interviews, we talk about, but we don't talk about quitting a job, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have come to that decision that you need to quit your job, this is the like very baseline what you should do, right? Number one, check your contract. Check your contract, check your handbook, check whatever document that you signed and find out what the procedure is, right? And I know that sounds really silly, but for some companies, they want a letter. For other companies, they want this form filled out. For other companies, you just have to walk up and tell your manager, hey, I'm leaving, right? So you need to figure out what your handbook or your employment contract, whatever says, right? If you do need to write a letter, keep it simple. This is really a formality. Um, It's for your employer to have on file. So write like dear, you know, or whoever your manager is, um, you know, thank you for the opportunity to be a, whatever your job title is. This is my official notice of my two-week resignation. My last day will be whatever date it is. You know, and then you can sign off like, thank you for the experience and the opportunity, whatever. Sign your name and that's it. When you have questions about, do you really need a two-week notice? I had this with someone that I worked with this year and The answer is no, you don't technically have to give a two-week notice. This person was dealing with an ill family member and juggling this family member and their doctor needs and trying to move them to an area where they were getting the best care possible and giving a two-weeks notice just wasn't possible for this person. So she wrote a resignation letter walked in, sat down with her boss, kind of explained enough of the situation where she said, hey, I've got this family thing going on that needs my immediate attention. Unfortunately, I'm unable to give you two weeks, but I will work until, you know, we get all of my stuff finished up, right? And ready to hand off to somebody. Have a conversation, right? And know that if you're at an at state, So there are different states and different rules about employment. But if you're in an at-will state, if you are like, hey, I'm thinking of quitting, your boss can look at you and go, okay, great, pack up your stuff and leave. And they don't have to take a two weeks notice. They can just be like, okay, bye, um, the day you resign. So just keep that in mind that even though you might give a two week notice, you might give a month notice, you might give one week notice, they could always say, now that's okay, you can leave today. Um, and that's not normal, right? Again, check your contract, check your handbook. But for like retail type positions, hourly type positions, where there is someone that can come in and take that role immediately, that is more often the case for those kinds of roles. Not so much for salary, like specialty roles. So just keep that in mind. 
how you quit is also a factor in your rehire eligibility status. Now, that sounds fun, doesn't it? So when you are trying to get a job with a company, so say you work for Target or Walmart or Amazon or one of the big companies, right? A big, big company and you quit and maybe you just don't show up to work and they call you and they're like, hey, are you ever going to show up to work? And you're like, nah, I quit. That would be considered job abandonment. And that would be like not quitting in good standing. So you can have voluntary or involuntary termination and you can have good or bad standing when you leave. There are different rules for different companies. If you were fired from Target, right? And I don't know this specifically, we're just pretending. If you were from Target, maybe you would have to wait two years before you could reapply to work at Target. Or maybe you aren't eligible hired at all. So how you leave really matters. For big companies like Amazon or Walmart or name any big company that's in if the company you want to work for gets acquired by this big company, your rehire status normally carries even down to like the smaller companies that they buy. So that's great, Anna. What does that mean? If you say, peace out, I don't want to work anymore and leave and you burn all the behind you and you're rude and it's terrible, that if you want to work for this really cool little company that was just acquired by the company you used to work for, you might not be able to get that job ever. That's crazy. Right. And that's something that people don't think about. So look into rehire eligibility status. And if you don't know what that means or how to leave a job and be in good standing, go and talk to your HR department and say, Hey, can I get information about rehire eligibility status? There are things like maybe you can't apply for two years or one year or two months or right? Every single company is different. So do your research. The one thing I do want to say, thank you for that uh, point that you mentioned. If um, your rehire status, like you used the example target. So if you just quit and said, sayonara, I'm out of here. And as a sales associate, imagine now five years from now, when you decide to apply for a huge corporate position at target, that can really make you seek or swim. It doesn't matter how many certifications you've got. It doesn't matter if you've gotten an award from the association of whatever, whatever. I don't care if we got your PhD in this, this, and that. And unfortunately, like you mentioned, it all goes down to going back to your file yeah. and they will find out. I'm pretty sure they will. They ask that question. Have you ever worked at Target in your past? Well, and when you apply, that's why they ask for your social security number. So that's like your unique identifier in their backend um. system. So when you apply, and if you've already worked there, if I'm your HR person, I can pull up all the information about you and I can see that you already worked here. This is the position you worked in. This was your manager. This is like, sometimes they ask you why you quit and sometimes that information is put into the system. Um, but are you rehire eligible, right? And sometimes rehire eligibility is two years. Sometimes it's never. 
right? If you steal from a company, they're going to mark you as rehire ineligible, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're able to appeal these things and sometimes you're not. So just keep all of that in mind. And it sounds really big and scary, but it's actually really simple. Talk to your HR team and they'll be able to give you some more information. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now let's talk about pay and money. When you leave every state, every city, every country has different laws about how quickly you have to be paid after your last day of work, which sounds weird, right? But it's true because you're thinking, okay, when, when am I going to get my paycheck? So normally it's just going to come like normal. Like if you have to wait two weeks to get your pay for the work you did this week, that's probably how it's going to end up. It's worth looking into though, and look at what else you have to get paid for. Sometimes companies with paid vacation are required based on law to pay out your vacation hours that you have left over. So even though you didn't work those hours or use any of those hours, they'll still get paid out. So take a look at all of that and kind of figure out in your head how much you should be paid because accidents happen, right? And no one's trying to steal your money, but just have in your brain how many hours of normal pay you should be waiting on. And if you get vacation pay and if they have to pay that out to you, how much you should expect there as well. When you leave, you're probably losing access to your login. So whether it's your email address or whether it's an employee ID code, you're probably losing access to that. When you have pay stubs and your W-2 or, right, I don't know how Canada does it, but like your pay taxes information, you need to create a login for that site or you won't be able to access those without the login that you no longer have access to for your job. Just because you might have to provide that for um, unemployment benefits or you might have to find that for other employers. So just make sure that you're able to still access all of that information. Also, when you leave, if you have any assets, company assets like a phone or any other technology devices like a computer or a scanner or whatever, right? Whatever your company gave you, they probably want that back. <laughs> so unless you want that deducted out of your last paycheck, which is not the right option. So work with your company to get back any assets that you of theirs and also to that like don't keep personal stuff on your phones because no. um, I'll tell you from past experience a lot of people that I've seen get walked out you have no time to get access to your personal uh, friend's kid's birthday you can't get access to those pictures it's really quick and easy it's more like if they're letting you go you literally just drop everything that's that you borrowed from them, which is the photo into the computer and you can't touch anything else. So just, yeah. I feel like people need to stop using their company phones for personal stuff. Yes. And that's, that's something that you should be in the habit of um, having good data practices. Keep your personal stuff personal and your work stuff on your work computer. 
-hmm. When you leave, you may have signed a non-compete agreement. So if you work at a technology company that deals with making computers, you might not be able to work for another technology company that makes computers for X months or years or whatever, depending on your non-compete agreement. Look at the um, contract that you signed. Look at the handbook. If you are under a non-compete, you'll know about it. Um, normal retail type jobs, normal entry level type jobs aren't what I'm too worried about. It's the people that get to know the secrets of how Amazon runs, how the back end of Wayfair runs, right? How computer code is written, how all that kind of stuff. So just look into if you have a non-compete or not. You should know if you do, um, you will have signed it. But look into that because it's, if it's been a few years, just make sure that you don't break that because legal stuff can come along with that. So just double check. Okay, moving on to the everybody section. So it doesn't matter if you were fired, if you quit your job, whatever. First thing I want you to do after that is to look at your finances. And it's not sexy. It's not cool. It's not a fun first step, but I want you to look and see, do I need a job for right now? Right? Do I need a job that I can work that will help me pay rent? Or do you have enough saved? And are you comfortable using that money while you're looking for a job? So make a plan of how many days, weeks, months, are you willing to use any savings you have? to cover life expenses or do I need to go out and get a for now kind of job? Um, also look at any programs. Um, for example, here in the United States for some individuals that have medical coverage through their job and if they lose that medical coverage, you can enroll in a program that you can keep paying for your medical coverage. So look in your mail, make sure that your address is correct when you leave your job so that when they send you mail that you'll actually get it. Um, so those kinds of things will normally come to you. And then you can also Google what is available to you um, after you've lost a job or were fired. Like I said, I'm not gonna, tell you what to do or what you shouldn't do. That's all a personal decision. So do that research for yourself. Now this is the fun part. At least this is what I think is the fun part. So what kind of job do you want next? And I know that sounds like a silly question. And if you're like, well, Hannah, I worked in construction. I want another construction job or I worked in retail. I wanted a retail job or I was a graphic designer. Obviously, like I'm going to get another graphic design job. That's fine. But is that what you really want? Mm -hmm. So I'd encourage you to either journal or have a conversation and talk through if you're an external processor with somebody that you trust and that knows you really well. Um, and just talk through things like, what did I like about my last role? What didn't I like about my last role? 
what's my dream job look like? And I'm not talking about like, you know, the job that doesn't exist because it'd be cool to like be paid to watch Netflix all day long, but like, (laughs) I mean like the actual, like what would an awesome job look like for you? What outside expectations am I putting on myself about the kind of job I think I should have? Ouch, right? Like Mm -hmm. call myself out with that one. Look at what voices in your head. Can you name any of the voices? Are they significant other, friend, parent, anyone that was a caregiver, someone that was a teacher? Was it some adult you knew when you were a kid, right? What Are there things in your head that you're thinking that really aren't your own thoughts, right? What are you known for? Like when you're introduced at networking events or a party, what do they say? This is Angelica and she, right? Like fill in that blank. What do you want people to fill in that blank with? And then what of this do I want to monetize and what do I not? Because there's a big surge right now of people having their own jobs, right? Creating their own jobs, owning their own businesses, and that's great. But there also has to be a line of something you enjoy just for you, right? Just because you craft as a hobby doesn't mean you have to open a store, right? Just because you're really great at designing apps. Maybe you do that for fun to de-stress. It doesn't mean you have to do that professionally, right? Is there something on your list that you're really good at that you just don't want to have in your job? So consider that too, right? And these are just questions to get you started. Think about what you want, what you don't want, what's available in your area, whatever. Just get all those thoughts out and then start to make some decisions. Look at YouTube, look at, there are free online courses right now. Um, I know we talked about that a little bit last time. There are free online courses. There are some paid online courses. There are people that you know that work in those kinds of jobs, right? Interview them, talk to them about what their day looks like. Ask if you can shadow, right? I don't care if you were a teacher and you want to get into graphic design. Great. How are we going to get there? Like what skills or certifications do we need to get there? What, you know, who do you need to talk to to make sure this is actually something you're interested in? Right. Use that time that you now have to really make solid decisions about what kind of job role you're actually looking for. these are some great tips and um it's true it's like you gotta really see what you want next instead of getting into the same role and going through that whole process again because you just know that one particular field for example and it's always nice to journal out and see what you really want because it really makes a big difference. If you got out of retail because you hated retail mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're thinking, cause I only have retail experience. Really there's other things you can do with your real retail experience. 
So you don't have exactly. to go back to retail. Yep. Just because you did it once doesn't mean you have to do it again. Yeah, exactly. So now the more tactical kind of stuff. So when you are fresh out of a job, I want you to make sure to brush up your resume while it is still fresh in your brain, right? Because all of those things you did, all the softwares you used, all of the projects you worked on, all the big impacts you made, I want you to be able to write that stuff down, right? Get that on your resume, get that somewhere so you won't forget. Um, get someone to look at your resume too, because especially when you're right out of a job, right out of a company culture, you are going to have jargon on your resume. You're going to have something that the company says all the time that means something to you that means nothing to anyone else. So have someone that doesn't work at that company read your resume. And if they're like, what do you mean by this? Right? Think about rewording that. Think about how you want to communicate your, how your job ended, right? Because right now, a lot of the answer is the pandemic and that's okay, right? But if you quit your job right before the pandemic started and we're like, great, I'm going to go look for a job now. And now you've been not able to find a job because of the pandemic, right? That's fine. But if you're listening to this after the pandemic and we're done with all of this and you quit because you had a family member that was sick or you quit because you couldn't stay in the work environment or you quit because whatever, you need to have a polished answer for why you left or why you no longer have that job. You don't have to give all the information, but you do need to be able, you need to be ready for someone to be like, so why did you leave that job? And just have an answer for that. Is it okay to say you left because of the pandemic? Um, Because it's, it feels like a gray line where, okay, let's say the situation is you've got nobody to take care of. You just left because it was your own safety because I feel like a lot of people left their jobs, some of them, I say some of them, because they felt like this is their opportunity to leave that company that they wanted to leave and kind of just let me reset my mind and find something else better. Mm-hmm. Now, there's people that do have to leave because they have to take care of people. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to take care of their kids. Uh, and the other part of it is some people left because of the safety. And even though they did provide one of five PPE, they still feel unsafe. But when it comes to that interview of that new job, is it okay to say that I didn't work for four months or three months because of the pandemic? Like how much can you give and how much you can't? So there is no rule book when it comes to this. Right now, there is no, yeah. there is no standard of which um, we are holding job job gaps to right now because of the pandemic. Um, so I think the answer is right now there is no rule book, and I think as soon as you're like pandemic, people are just gonna give you a thumbs up and move on because um, it's a weird time right now and the world is all weird. So I think that's fine. If you're asked, 
more specifically later, right? Or if you had a job gap before the pandemic, um, like much, much more before the pandemic last fall until now, whether it's, you don't have to give like details. You can say, I had a sick family member. I had to move. I had to whatever, right? Whatever works, you just have to be able to say a reason. And sometimes this is asked for, it's really, is there something you're leaving out on your resume? Did you work for another company that you just don't want to talk about? Were you, I don't know, in jail for, you know, five months? Were you, right? You, the question of a gap in your resume is, well, what happened and why aren't they telling me about it? So having an answer for all of that is so much better. And by the way, if you were in jail for five months, there's still jobs you can get. So. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, next up, you want to brush up on your interview skills. So think about the cool things you did at your job. Um, and then we want to go back to that star method, right? Situation, task, action, result. So if you're like, wow, I was a leader when I did this. I took charge of a hard situation and I did this. I made an improvement and did this. I, right, whatever the cool things you did from your job, think about those, about what kind of interview question you would answer with that story, right? Is it how you were a leader, how you showed the like guiding principles, you know, from your company, whatever it was, just put that into the star method and just get used to answering things in that method. So the situation was this, I did this, right? And then the result was this. And that's basically what you need to have the star method. I talked about that and I think a different um, episode. So And then I have three, that's all for the tactical things. I have three quick tips to finish us out. I could do a lot more than three, but I kept myself to three. Number one, network. Tell people you're looking for a job, especially people that really, really like you from past jobs, from people you know from playing sports on the weekends, people at the dog park, people you our family members with, our friends with, right? Whoever it is, tell people that you're looking for a job. Pride and secrecy aren't going to help you in networking situations. When you're people that are going to be excited to have you apply at their company, that holds so much more weight than just applying on your own. Second thing, don't make this a 40 hour a week search for a job. So many people do this and they get so burnt out. My recommendation is when you are super excited about looking for a job, figure out your like two, three, four job sites that you're going to frequent and figure out what kind of jobs you're looking for. So like figure out your searches, figure out your filters, all that good stuff. And then go through and look at the jobs that are posted. When you're into day 
like three, four, five, you're going to see that not a lot of new jobs have been posted. So then you're able to just filter the last three days, the last 24 hours, the last whatever, since you last looked. So you don't have to scroll through everything again, which sounds really silly, but please use the technology to your advantage, right? Don't overwhelm yourself. Just look at what you haven't looked at before. Um, and if you are applying to jobs that have been open for two or three months, either there are jobs that are always open and they're always hiring, right? Like working for Wayfair. I'm sure they always have fulfillment roles available, right? So they don't have to take down that job opening every single time they hire one person, right? That just wouldn't be worth their time. But if it's a very specialized role where they're only going to hire one, maybe two people, and it's been open for three or four months, that may not be something that they're still looking for. So I would reach out to the company first and either look on their website to see if it's still open or even better, reach out to one of their HR people or someone that can actually tell you if that job is still open. Because I don't want you to be wasting your time on roles that they have to keep open because it's company policy to keep it open until they hire someone, even though they have someone that they're going to put in that role. And the last one of my three quick tips is rejection. Rejection is so, so hard. And you're going to face rejection when you apply to jobs. All of these things that I've talked about are little like line items, right? Like checking your pay stubs and, you know, making sure you look at your contract for non-compete and brushing up on your resume. They're all like quick little line item things but each of those is a time investment. And if you've heard me talk before, you know where I'm going with this. All those time investments you deposit into your bank, right? You want to cash out on that really awesome job, but if you're not putting in the work, you're not going to be able to do that. You're going to have nothing in the bank and you're not going to be able to get the job you're wanting. So make the time, do the work, make those investments and know that when it, when you get that rejection email, it wasn't your job. When you keep doing the work and keep applying and keep doing good work, it's eventually going to be your job and then everyone else is going to get a rejection email. So it's just not your job yet, which is so hard, I know, but try to separate your self-worth from those rejection emails because they're not saying no to you. They said yes to someone else. Mm -hmm. That's it. So that was a lot, but there are lots of little steps that you can do to make your life a whole lot easier when you either quit or lose your job. So I hope it was helpful guys. Yeah, definitely. It was helpful, especially talking about like you kind of, you really covered most of the details, especially when you quit your job and when you lose it and then how to find another one, what should we do in that time in between? And also giving that great tip of don't constantly look for jobs because I've done that before when I was younger. Every single day, you're just like, I need to find a job, I need to find a job, I need to find a job. But then, hello, there's filters. You can go back, yeah. you know, five days and see what they posted or else you're running into the same postings and you probably make that same mistake of hiring to the same position, but in different ads and it's just, it's not good. So take the time with it, but 
yeah, it's, it's tough right now. It really is. But I know something good is going to come out of it for certain people, but it's just one of those things we have to play the waiting game and apply here and there and not as often. Yep. You, this is an odd time. Nothing like this has happened business wise and hiring wise for companies. So we're all learning together and be prepared to walk through this process with a lot of patience and a lot of grace because teams are still figuring out how do we do interviews? How do we safely hire people? How do we train people? How do we do all of this and keep our people safe, right? So that with an overwhelming workload for some people, like we talked about before, HR, IT, management, everything is just taking a lot longer than people want it to right now. So walking through this process with a lot of grace and all will do you a lot of good. Yep, I agree. I really agree. But we all have to hang on. We're all going through this some way or another. And um, we just got to keep patient. And like you said, it's a weird time that we're going through. And it's interesting how companies have changed going to the remote, um, working from home. And a lot of companies literally thinking through how we're going to make this work to keep our employees going and, you know, and our company going, it's not easy. They're investing a lot of money. And especially for those who've used to getting a desktop computer, now they've gone laptops or tablets to kind of work from that in the meantime, but it's a learning curve and a learning process for all of us. Yeah. Well, thank you, Hannah. This has been so great. Where can the listeners find you again? You can come hang with me at jobconfidant.com. I've got some awesome freebies that you can download there. Um, You can also find me on Pinterest. I've been pinning some awesome tips and strategies. So head over there as well. Perfect. And of course, everybody, all her information is going to be in the show notes. Thank you so much, Hannah. Um, Really appreciate your time. And um, I cannot wait to hear from you next month. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Good luck. Well, tell my listeners, thank you for tuning in on another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. And that's all we have for now. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jessica with the Beautiful Feet Podcast. Hey, it's your boy, Bromar, host of The Bromar Show. Hello, everyone. It's the Coupon Queen Pen from the CQP Moments Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Ken, a.k.a. The Gentleman of the Gentleman Lifestyle Podcast. Hi, this is Stephanie Valente, your local massage therapist. And you're listening to to a little bit of everything everything with Angelica. Angelica. That's it for now. And thank you for tuning in on another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on the podcast platform that you're listening to.